is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Four minutes after 12 is the time you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where we embark now upon our our weekly adventure. Do you know, I used to say our weekly adventure into the unknown, but we are now living in the unknown, and it's about to get even more unknown than it is now. In fact, compared to how unknown it's going to be after March 2019, this is seriously known, but it's still unknown. So this is not your weekly adventure into the unknown. We're living in the unknown. This is your weekly adventure into the slightly surreal world of Mystery Hour, where you have a a rare opportunity to achieve the sort of intellectual satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. In a nutshell, you have a question bubbling away in the back of your brain to which you know there must be an answer, but you have thus far been unable to find that answer. You are not going to revert to a a search engine. It may be that you wouldn't be able to find the answer there, but this is an hour of radio predicated, built entirely upon knowledge and education. So... I, I guess it's it's kind of going to have quite a Remainer flavour. Uh, it's a celebration of intelligence, of, of intellectual accumulation, of enlightenment and elucidation. Someone rings in with a question, you already know the answer to it, you ring in and provide the answer. 0345 973 is the number that you need. If, if that, That's pretty much it. I generally offer up two guarantees. One is that you will know more by one o'clock than you do now. And the other is that you will have at least one laugh out loud moment between now and and one o'clock. I have never, ever had any uh, complaints about either of those guarantees. They have always been fulfilled. The first one, I I should probably qualify slightly, you will know more by one o'clock than you do now, but it won't necessarily be knowledge that you're grateful for or find any use for subsequently. And indeed, I can't even promise that you'll remember it by quarter past one. But but you will know more between now and one than you currently do. The laugh out loud, it's a little bit in the eye of the beholder or the ear of the beholder, but still... Um, let's see how we get on. Six minutes after 12 is the time, and Mystery Hour is upon us. If you hear me say the number, it means I have a phone line free or two, uh, and Rosie and Beth today will be reserving the right to decide whether or not your question is too dull for inclusion. If you sense that they're politely encouraging you to hang up the phone and move along, please do me a favour, hang up the phone and move along. It, it is... It is uh, take more calls in this hour. We used to take more calls in this hour than the rest of the week put together, but... Um, we take a significant amount of calls, of course, now <laughs> during the rest of the week, so I don't think that record holds anymore. Seven minutes after 12 is the time. Peter is in Beedale in North Yorkshire. Peter, question or answer? It is a question, James. Carry on, Peter. Why don't squirrels eat conkers? Are you 100% certain that they don't? Yes, my, my evidence of this is that we feed birds in our garden with squirrel-proof feeders for yes. nuts. yes. And they come over the garden like Delta Force and get into them. Dun, but dun. I live in the country. The country. And, yeah, and outside um, there is a, a bridleway and there is a horse chestnut tree that scatters nuts all over the place. And they never go near them. They're all the time. They never yeah, go near them. I, 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 I presume that the answer is quite straightforward. And I, I could use it as a question. I had a horrible feeling, you might say, because they don't like the taste or something like that. Well, that, that, I, no, I suspect it might be something different. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a great enemy, normally, of responding to a question with a question, but when you say to me, why don't squirrels eat conkers, I'm tempted to say to you, Peter, why don't you eat conkers? I've never tried. I've had the other type of chestnut, but the, the, um, the, the issue being, they... <laughs> They will eat bird seed. No, no, so will, will you. Anything else. So will you. 
Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about squirrels. Well, I'm, I'm talking I'm about humans. Why don't you eat conkers? I, I might. I might go vegan on a conker casserole tonight. You will. To you please you. don't. I mean, for the avoidance of doubt, they're semi-poisonous. They're semi-poisonous to, 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 to many mammals, including humans. So, by all means, fill your boots with chestnuts, but don't ever eat a horse chestnut. They're, they're unpleasant to eat, and they're semi-poisonous to animals other than. I think I think wild boars might eat them, or deer, or something like that. But but the semi-poisonous is the short answer. So squirrels historically have eaten a few conkers, and they've cocked it. So all the other squirrels have, have, have retained a sense memory not to eat the conkers. Okay, I am in my place, firmly put. It's a great quote. I like it. I, I mean, also it's got. It's, <laughs> it sounds like the first line of a joke, Peter. Why do squirrels? Why don't squirrels eat conkers? Well, I have made it a mission recently to spend the first three days of the week trying to get a question for you, and then bid to get through your gateway. You've done and it. I just managed it today. <laughs> it's all good. So I feel fab anyway. <laughs> and I've got an answer. Good man. <laughs> Round of applause for me. Oh, Jacob, have you done this before? Jacob's only done this once before. So, you, have you got the radio to ready? And you've got the round of applause ready? Okay, what else do we need? This, uh, I think that's it, isn't it? Uh, uh, cool, good. And that, oh, yes, of course, if that word is used. But listen out for that word. Okay. Peter, great work. Thank you. Ten minutes after twelve is the time. David is in Greenwich. David, question or answer? David. No, nope, phone line's gone a bit funny. Let's get somebody to try David again. Give him one more go. David, are you there? Andy's, Andy's in Wellington. Andy, question or answer? Hello, James. You all right, mate? Oh, good, Andy. What's, what's your question? <laughs> my question is, um, might be a bit of a boring one, but it's a play on words. Why are buildings called buildings when they're already built? Oh, I don't... I, ooh, <laughs> is this brilliant or is this dorkish? What do you think? It, it's been doing my head in for years. I, I, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of another example of a verb and a noun being the same, but having different meanings. So we are building the, the a... Proce- got- surely the process is building them. When it's built, why do we still call it building? We build a building by building. We think a thought by thinking. So it would be like thinking a thinking, <laughs> wouldn't it? What are you thinking? Oh, I just had a thinking. Why do we say building? I'm building a building, a built. You wouldn't call it a built, or would you call it a yeah. built? When when you have finished yeah. thinking, you have thought. When you have finished building, you have built. So you could call a building a built in the same way that we call a thought a thought, a thinking a thought. Imagine if you just turned your radio on now, like like forty seconds ago, Andy. Yeah. Thinking, thinking, thought, thought, building, building, bought, buying, building, bought. I don't know. I, it's a good one. Are you in the trade? Yeah. Change. I- I'm a Brexiteer, and you're confusing me even more now. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, mate. <laughs> uh, I will get you an answer then, as, a, as, a, as an olive branch of peace. 12.11 is the time you're listening to Mystery Out. Why do we call a building a building when the building is completed, it's been built? I like that. I think I like that. Uh, Paul's in Chiswick. Paul, question or answer? James, hi. I've got a question. Carry on. Why does the TB jab or tuberculosis jab leave such a horrendous scar when, as far as I'm concerned, no others do. Could, I mean, you could have asked your doctor that. I'm glad you haven't, because I quite like the question. <laughs> but it, it's, I, I'm well, always... it's sat in my head for so long, James. Has it? And I thought, yeah, it has for ages, ever since I've, I got my TB scar, well, quite a long time ago. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. And some, um, and, and, and some have 
Mine's all right, actually, but at school you could tell within a week, couldn't you, who, who, who was going to have one forever and who was going to sort of have more, <laughs> more or less. You've got a nasty one, have you? Yeah, I was destined to have it forever. I've got two older brothers. Yeah. Both of whom took great delight in giving me a dead arm, probably in, like, the week after. Right, at least you weren't at an all-boys boarding school, mate. It was practically a religion to get thumped <laughs> on your TB jab for about a month after the event by everybody who'd done it the previous year. I like that. My, what? Shoulder, my shoulder looked like that. You know that scene in Scanners where the guy <laughs> concentrates and... <laughs> Let's get you an answer. Why is that particular injection likely to leave such an unpleasant scar? And what was the one before? Yeah, why do we call a building a building, given that it's already been built? Is there going to be an answer to that? Sometimes linguistic evolution doesn't leave tracks. Uh, Twelve thirteen is the time. Craig is in Aylesbury. Craig, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Carry on, Craig. Uh, really good speaking to you, by the way. Likewise, mate. I, uh, Thank you. I had the pleasure at the weekend of being on the Cornish coast oh. and driving through the Cornish countryside. Okay, it was yeah. Amazing. Yep. And we're driving through the Cornish countryside. We saw lots and lots of flat fields and really nice hills. But on top of one hill, and I saw this a couple of times, there was almost like a perfect circle formation of trees. And it was just right on the top. And once in every, I don't know, 30, 40 hills or something. So I suppose if one or two questions, it might be more appropriate if why are they there if they're man-made or if they're not how do they get that formation you mean like a perfect circle of trees yeah on top of a on top of a kind of tall hill that's not really got anything around it and did you see it you saw it more than once yeah well yeah kind of a couple of times through cornwall i saw it um and I just want to know well, how do they get there or no i I like it i mean because i mean mushroom rings occur naturally but if if it was true of trees then we'd see it all the time but you do occasionally yeah. see I'm, i've got the word i've got words in my head like can it's not a can is it is it no is it? okay and is it confined to cornwall or have you seen it elsewhere on your travels i'm, I'm sure i've seen it somewhere somewhere else i was just so mesmerized by cornwall yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Loads of this country's beautiful, you know, and it's just as oh, well, given that we're not going to be able to afford to go anywhere else soon, so we'd better make, you know? the mo- better, <laughs> make the most of it. 12.14, coming up to 12.15. Is, is there a specific, is it, would it be geographical, a specific geographical phenomenon? Uh, I think it would, would it? Or biological? Botanical? I don't know. Just saying words now. It's like... <laughs> Um, is there a specific kind of phenomenon that involves a, a circle, a relatively perfect circle of trees atop a hill in an area where there's not much other woodland? Might Maybe some sort of burial thing? I don't know. I love those sort of questions, but I'd love them even more if they turn out to have fascinating answers. Craig, many thanks. Thanks for the kind words. It's 12.15. The Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 it is 19 minutes after 12. You're listening to Mystery Out with me, James O'Brien. Lots of excitement about the first two of my holiday replacements due in the studio next to it. Remember, there's three others to come as well, but Jacob Rees-Mogg will be here at 10 o'clock on Monday, so do spread the word among all the people that religiously turn me off at 10 uh, every morning on Monday. If you know any of these people, then by all means shout down their well and tell them that they can tune in at 10 o'clock on Monday, but they probably will want to turn off again at 10 o'clock on Tuesday when Chukaramuna will be here, the um, Labour politician and, for many people, possible future leader. That's the kind of calibre of holiday cover that we get these days. 90 minutes after 12 is the time Mystery Hour continues and the questions are, why does the TB jab leave such a nasty scar? What are the relatively perfect circles of trees that we see atop hills? Um, I call us saw it, Craig saw it in Cornwall in particular, which might lead you towards a possible answer that some people have submitted by text. I should stress for the benefit of new listeners, I don't do anything 
um, anywhere except over the phones during Mystery Hour because things get so busy. And uh, speaking of which, uh, I, I'm now going to break that rule by referring to something I have learned from uh, takes and social media. The question about buildings may have been nicked from Chris Moyle's Radio X programme earlier today. I, I'm, I'm just receiving reports. Last time I mentioned Chris Moyle's on the programme, it was because he was parked outside this studio on a mobility scooter covered in Union flags. I, I, I truly live the dream in this building. 20 minutes after 12 is the time. Jackie's in Thames Ditton. Hello, Jackie. Question or answer? A question. Carry on. What? Why are royals known as blue-blooded? I like that question. Thank you. For two, for two reasons. The, Go on. The, the first is that it's a good, interesting question that a lot of people have gone, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. I like it. And the second is that I actually know the answer. Do you? Yeah. Oh. So oh. you're going to get another applause then? Oh, you sound disappointed. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, you clearly are. What's the answer? Well, if, 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 back in the day... It tallies oddly with a conversation that we might have tomorrow about skin lightening cream that's caused quite a controversy after Nivea released it. Because back in the day, having darker skin, so all the girls who go off for, for fake tans and sunbeds now, would have been the opposite um, two or three hundred years ago. Because having dark skin meant that you spent a lot of time in the fields. And if right. you were spending a lot of time in the fields, you were, forgive me, Jackie, you were a pleb, you were a peasant, you were poor. If, <laughs> if you were an aristocrat or if you were wealthy, you would spend all of your time not in the fields, you'd be indoors. In, in fact, this is why people powdered their faces. You've seen that on Blackadder when they powder their face to look yeah. even paler than they actually are. Yeah. And the paler you are, the more pronounced and prominent your veins are on your skin. And what colour are your veins? Blue. Ergo, blue-blooded means posh. Uh -huh. Royal, not spending a lot of time outside in the fields. Great. How Thank about you that? Very much. Thank you very much. And having a applause. Thank you. I just, you. Jacob needs a bit of a bit, but you got it there. Well done, Jackie. Jacob, Thank mate, don't leave in. Thank you, Jackie. Carry on. David is in Stockwell. David, question or answer? It's a question. Go on. Where do Drosophila come from or Prince Royal? Have you got a problem at the moment? Yeah. And you think you th thought you'd sorted it, you gave the bin a wash, you got rid of everything, and they just came back again. Yeah. It also might be something to do with separating out all the... Um, Recycling. Uh, food waste, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I, 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 I think... Out, Go on. I was going to say, clearly, outside where, where the recycling bin is, it's just, you know, swarms of them. Do you drink inside, a lot of wine? Not a lot, but obviously drink wine, and, but I wish the bottle rinses out. You do. I was, the phone line's gone south again. I, uh, you, you, you rinse out the bottles, because my theory was, when we got them in exactly the same area, that it was unrinsed wine bottles, but Mrs. O'Brien was having none of it. Um, I don't know where they come from, is the short answer, but at least yours are outside. Well, I had some inside a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I've got them inside. I mean, that's the point. You know, you, you, you chuck an apple core and some orange peel in the bin, and, I don't know, within a day, they're there. Yes. So do you, are you just interested in where they come from, or are you keen to know how you can stop them from proliferating? Well, no, I'm not worried about that. It's no, fine. Yeah, there, cool. All right, yeah. me too. Yeah, where but do they, they come just, from? They just appear, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's uncanny. I mean, I mean, does one arrive, like a kind of mothership, and just offload loads of other little... Do they come from maggots? They're tiny, tiny, tiny little things. And how do they find it all so quickly? Where do fruit flies go? I love that question. What was the Latin word? Drosophila. Did you look that up? 
No, I remember it from uh, biology at school. Because you can do experiments with fruit fries to learn something exactly. about... Is it evolution or something? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's too late for us now, mate. Uh, where do flute, fruit flies come from? Flute fries. Where do fruit flies come from? 0345. There's got to be a tongue twister in there somewhere, but we're far too grown up to, expo- to work out what it might be today. Where do fruit flies come from? Pete's in Newhall. Pete, question or answer? The question. Carry on. Yeah, it's about double rainbows. Is it? Yeah, it's uh, the sky in between the two rainbows is darker than the sky, you know, the rest of the sky. And I only noticed this recently because there was a really vibrant rainbow in the sky. Um, so I'm not sure if it's a rarity or if it happens all the time or what. So you, you, you saw a double rainbow. Is that one above another? Yeah. And then the the little gap in between the two rainbows was darker than the surrounding sky? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was really noticeable as well. There was no, like, bleed of darkness or anything. It was perfect. The arc between the two rainbows was was visibly, visibly darker. I mean, I, I'm surprised I didn't crash the car. I was looking at it that much. I was, really? It was pretty amazing. It wasn't black. Yeah. It wasn't dark, dark, but it wasn't... It was, it was dark enough. Was I it? Mean, yes. It how was, how it was dark? dark. Um, really, really dark. Not like, like nighttime. No. But, like, it was almost like shade. Like, it was just pure shadow. Was it as like, dark uh, as it was the other day with all that dust in the sky? Yeah, yeah. Blimey, so much. you would notice then, wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay, I don't, I mean... Like I said, I've, I've seen I've seen plenty of double rainbows before. All right, don't show off. It, but, but this one, <laughs> this one was really vibrant, and, and it was, you know... So the more vibrant, vibrant the rainbow, the more pronounced the, the, the dark patch, perhaps? I'm, I think so, I'm guessing yeah. so. Okay, I, I, well, blimey. I wonder if there is a sort of study of rainbows. It'd be one of those words that we can learn and then drop into conversation in a failed attempt to sound intelligent. Uh, Pete, uh, leave it with me. I, I presume that's New Hall, not New Hall, is it? Anyway, uh, being pedantic. Richard's in New Malden. Richard, question or answer? It's an answer. Carry on. It's about the circular trees you get on top of hills. Oh, yes. In places like Cornwall. It's because a lot of them are old. Um, sort of sacred sites, sort of English heritage sites, burial mounds, things like that. And because farmers aren't allowed to plough them, you get vegetation growing naturally. And so, because they're often quite circular, they so the tree, so they would have been planted originally as um, druid sort of worship places of worship, some sort of Celtic tradition, which would tie in with Cornwall, wouldn't it? Not necessarily planted, but sort of just growing naturally because of no, no. But they wouldn't. How would they grow in a perfect circle then? Well, if the site is shaped in a ring and the farmer isn't allowed to plough that site, then they would grow in that area. I, I think you're half right, but I don't know why you're quibbling on the notion of it being deliberately planted. You can't accidentally end up with a perfect circle of trees, can you? Not necessarily, but, I mean, if the shape of the site is a circle, then the farmer wouldn't be allowed to plough that area. So the trees would form in a circle naturally. No, they wouldn't. I mean, there's no... Yeah, they do. No, mate, how do they know it's a special area? They know it by the trees. Uh, Otherwise, no, it's a it's hill. It's a burial mound. So how, how do they know it's a burial mound and not just a mound? Well, I don't know. Well, I do because of the trees. <laughs> it's not necessarily the trees. The trees have grown naturally. All right, how else can I? Here's two hills. One of them's a burial mound. One of them isn't. How can you tell the difference? You just go on it and have a look. You dig down into it, do you? Yeah, yeah. And find some bones, and then you tell the farmers they're not. So every single hill in this country has been explored for bones. I don't know. No, exactly. The trees denote the... Why am I arguing with you when it's your answer that I'm helping you correct? I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, I'm having the round of applause. No, no, stop it. I'm having the round of applause. I think you're right. It will have some... No, you can't. There's no way the trees have grown in a circle by accident. The whole point of the question... 
the trees will grow naturally in that area because oh, farmers geez. won't be allowed to plow it. I just give up. I honestly oh. give up. I, I, I mean, it's, it's as if I, it's like a Brexit argument. I've shown you all the evidence, <laughs> and you <can> persist <laughs> in being wrong. But I'm not wrong. Well, you, I'm not you, wrong. How can you not be wrong when you're claiming that the trees have grown in a perfect circle by coincidence? But how do you know it's And that every circle? hill in the land has been checked for bones so that farmers knew they weren't allowed... How do you know it's a perfect circle? The questioner said it was. <laughs> the question <laughs> you're answering specified that it was... What are your qualifications? None. I'm a consultant biologist. Yeah, it's no use to me in this context. <laughs> You're not having a round of applause. You're not having it. You're not having it. I'm not having it. You're not having anything. In fact, you can't. I'll give you. I'll tell you what. I'll give you. I'll give you this. There you go. <laughs> Top twenty-eight. Thank you. Very much. Thank you very much. No, I, I turn up, the sillier I get. And sometimes the frustration bubbles up in the most odd of places. Usually, this is, usually I now look like an idiot. Five minutes later, someone rings in and says, "Well, I'm very sorry to tell you this, James, but actually, the biological term that your caller Richard was referring to is um, coniferation, and it is." So I'm conscious of that. This is me sort of just putting a bit of humble pie in the microwave, but I'm not. I'm not going to press. I'm not going to press start because I'm sure the trees don't. They're not just like an accidental upshot of a burial site. There'd be some religious significance, possibly a burial-related significance to the to the hill that is denoted by the presence of the trees. I think. I hope. I'm pretty sure. It's coming up to half past twelve. Why do we call a building a building, given that it's built? It's a sort of semi-red herring. Now, where do fruit flies come from? The trees in a big circle on the top of a hill, what's going on there? And I, the TB question's lovely. Why does the TB jab leave such an unsightly scar for so many people, while most or all other jabs um, sort of fade into the background pretty quickly? It's coming up to half past twelve. You're listening to Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Simon Conway is here now with the headlines. Jeremy Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 it is 12.35. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Uh, Mystery Hour continues. Questions that need answers include those hills with all sort of almost perfect circles of trees atop them. Craig saw them in Cornwall. You've seen them elsewhere. Well, what's going on? Uh, why do we call a building a building, given that it's built? I think that's more of a riddle, perhaps, than a question that will admit an answer, but I'd love to be proved wrong. Where do fruit flies come from? And why does the TB jab leave such an unsightly scar compared to most other vaccinations and injections? Bradley's in Basingstoke. Bradley, question or answer? Question, please. Carry on. Uh, why, we throw pennies into wishing well for wishes. Uh, where, when and where does that originate from? I quite like that. I mean, it's going to be the idea that you're paying a spirit or something like that, isn't it, for for an intervention? But uh, where, where where did it start? Wishing and wells. An, and another one, if uh, on top, uh, not on top of that, if I can be greedy. Uh, well, you can't, but I want to hear it anyway. <laughs> oh, hang on. No, you were told apparently that you weren't allowed to ask two questions. Oh, they never told me that. No. All right, all right. Well, you can ask it, but I'm not going to answer it unless it's unless uh, I know the answer. In which case, I'll answer it and then I'll scratch off your first it, question. So, no, mate, you've <laughs> got to think before you do this. If I know the answer uh, to your second question, I'm nicking it, taking no, the it's, applause. It's on top of the it's on top of the first one. All right, go on then. So, have we always thrown money in there? Because if it's from back in the day, I can't imagine the working class throwing money away so willingly. So, has it always been money that we've thrown away? Oh uh, no, it would have been. It, I mean, remember that people were putting t- 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 money in the collection plate at church when they could barely afford yeah. to feed themselves. So, if they if they think there's some sort of uh, 
what's the word i don't know spiritual reward to be found or supernatural reward to be found they, they, they i don't think that poverty would necessarily exclude them from participating i like that though origins of wishing wells throwing pennies in a in a wishing well there's loads at the new acropolis museum in athens there's a, a few spots where you can throw money down i don't know if it ever gets emptied um but of course that's the modern acropolis museum it's not a sign that they used to do it in ancient greece david's in tewkesbury david question or answer answer carry on uh, the Double Rainbow, the dark line between the two. Oh, yes. It's called, it's called Alexander's Dark Band. You are brilliant, because I've no idea. You could call it anything. You could call it Shat- <laughs> Shatner's Bassoon or something like that. And it would, <laughs> Alexander's Dark Band, carry on. Uh, the light reflected uh, off the first rainbow lightens the sky below it. Ah. The second rainbow is caused by uh, light that's reflected twice off a raindrop and lightens the sky above it. Uh, the space in between the two rainbows, um, the light can't be reflected directly to you, so it appears darker. It's called Alexander's Dark Band. And who was Alexander? Uh, he was a Greek, I think. <laughs> it's a, lo- a long time ago. He noticed it, I don't know, hundreds of years ago, if not thousands of years ago. I have, uh, yeah, what are your qualifications, David? I'm a member of the Cloud Appreciation Society. How many members does the Cloud Appreciation Society have? I don't know, but I'm a fairly early member. I'm in, in the early, I've got a thousand, I think, but there's, there's tens of thousands now, I think. But, uh, yeah. Just let me... There's 43,006, off the top of my head, 43,634 members of the Cloud Appreciation Society, so I don't think... Well Googled. <laughs> I don't think... It wasn't me, actually, it was Rosie telling me in my ear. You, you, I don't think I can give you a Ray Liotta. You've definitely got a round of applause. But I think you'd have to actually be Alexander, wouldn't you, to qualify? For well, yeah, which I'd struggle to be because he's dead. <laughs> Round of applause for David. Well played. I love that. Thank Alexander's you. Dark Band. I'll remember that as well. I might join the Cloud Appreciation. So what do you do? What do you get up to? What sort of things do you get well, up to? You get, you, well, you, they, they, they do actually do trips, but you, can, uh, you get a, a monthly uh, Cloud of the Month, and they are fascinating things, Clouds. They really are. They're I completely agree. Yeah, they no, are uh, an, Awesome. But yeah. I, I shall look into that. I, I shall look into that. The kids might like it. 12.39. It gets the motorway journeys to move a little quicker as well, if you know what you're talking about cloud-wise. Uh, David, thank you. Uh, if, if, if you're new to the program, Ray Liotta is uh, a, a special award reserved for people whose answer is almost, whose qualifications are almost unbelievably apposite to the answer they provide. So most recently on Mystery Hour, somebody rang in to ask why irons don't have off switches, usually. I mean, there are a couple that do. And a chap that rang in, I think from Stockport, was an iron designer. So, I mean, that, that gets a Ray Liotta. Uh, if you don't know why Ray Liotta is relevant to an astonishing kind of uh, someone turning up who's perfect for the moment, then you've never seen Field of Dreams. Rax is in Surbiton. Rax, question or answer? Question, please, James. Carry on. Ah, okay. So it's, you might, I might need some help from you to, to, to kind of refine the question. It's a weird one. Don't worry. I'm, um, here. I'm here for you, Rex. <laughs> Cheers, James. Um, so the so question is this. Can, can, you, can somebody copyright their voice? No. And, well, so what, what I'm asking is, if I heard a radio advert and somebody sounded like, I don't know, um, Theresa May, it clearly yeah. wasn't Theresa May, but it sounded like and it was advertising cough sweets or whatever or, uh, if, are you able to do that because if it was a tv ad you couldn't get a david beckham look-alike on there not a look-alike no but you could get a sound-alike I, i'm pretty sure that people like steve coogan and rob bryden used to do 
when they were sort of doing spitting image voiceovers. I'm pretty sure they may have done some adverts as well. So, the... The, yeah. the, the one example that I think I'm going to draw on is Morgan Freeman, who gets money from more than. But I don't know whether they needed to pay him. It, it's not his voice, and yet it's obviously... Because he... he, he I, I interv- no, I interviewed him years ago. He doesn't do that voice, but it's clearly intended to be him, and, and it, obviously with more than, free, fr- more than Freeman. He, mm. I, I'm just burbling. Sorry, mate. But the answer's no. No, but... So you say no, but at, at, what, at what point? So if if you're doing a an impression of a celebrity without and, and you're yeah, and you're you're, you're selling something a little bit unsavoury or something like yeah, that, would that? Well, where does that line kind of sit, really? I, I, yeah, uh, I don't know actually. I d- you're right, though. We need to finesse the question slightly, or we just need to hope mm. that somebody understands what we're both driving at, and they can yeah. ring in and put <laughs> us out of our <laughs> misery. <laughs> I try to ask so many people, but I can't phrase the question. They look at me like I'm mad. So. Um, yeah, I've tried to get it on here a few times. No, because you, you, you could, you, you know, there's a big difference between David Beckham t- telling you to buy a pair of football boots and Johnny Vegas telling you to buy a pair of football boots. But if it turns out to be someone doing an impression of David Beckham, then you're, you're kind of, you're capitalising upon his talent and his footballing skills. But actually, you've hired someone that's no better qualified to sell football boots than Johnny Vegas is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know is the answer to that. I, I keep intending to try and find myself a voiceover agent, but um, as with everything else in my life, I never really get around to it. I, they might know, actually, if one is listening. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. help a fellow out. Help two fellows out, me and Rax, and everybody else listening to this. 12.42 is the time. Emma is in Barnet. Emma, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Carry Good on. afternoon. Hello. I'm still trying to live down the last time we had a conversation. You gave me a round of applause to stop talking. It, it won't be so quite I think there's probably today. a few people who'd like to do that for me as well, but until they get their own <laughs> shows, they'll have to wait. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the TB jab. Oh, yes. Um, or the BCG. Um, if your genetics or your family bloodline have come into contact with tuberculosis in the past, you will have some antibodies to it. Therefore, you will react um, to the antibodies that are being injected into you in the vaccine. And that's why some people get a nasty infection and some people don't, because the people that don't, their genetic line has not been um, subjected to the tuberculosis virus in the past. Qualifications? (sighs) Um, We were told at school when we had our BCG... ...because people were thumping each other's arms. Yes. And we were told not to do that because some people would get a bad reaction and some people would get none. Um, it, and it would scar. It was an all-girls school and we were obviously concerned about us, you know, not hitting each other, I guess. <laughs> that is an answer of uncommon beauty, Emma, and obviously I need to thank you for your brevity as well on this occasion. Uh, oh, well, there you are. Thank Great you. stuff. <laughs> do I get a round of applause? It's there, quick. <laughs> well played. 12.43 is the time. Brian is in Dulwich. Brian, question or answer? Uh, good afternoon, James. It's an answer. Carry on, Brian. And it's regarding the source of uh, the wells and um, the money thrown into uh, wells yes. like this. And the guy asked, yeah, basically it's uh, because in the old days, water was obviously very precious for life and wasn't available on taps. And so any kind of source of spring or well uh, was often blessed with particularly precious metal, usually silver, which is why today people throw silver coins in wells as we speak. So it was a form of... Um, sacrifice, actually. 
Well, yeah, an offering, an offering to the, the spirit that dwelt, that made the water flow from the ground, therefore giving everybody uh, the means to live. And it, and it evolved into chuck a coin in a, in a, in a, in a exactly. down, chuck a coin down a well and make a wish. It, it essentially exactly. say a prayer, say a prayer and offer up. Precisely. Yeah. Qu- qualifications? Uh, just living in Wiltshire, where there's lots of wells like this, and seeing quite a few coins in wells over the years, and looked up the history of it in books and stuff. So, I think uh, folklore probably answered that as well. As I people. love it. Yeah. I love it. That's a lovely <laughs> answer, Brian. It's earned you this. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Great work. Thank you. I'm to get through to this in weeks. <laughs> well, what do you mean, been trying to get through for weeks? They only asked the question ten minutes ago. Exactly that, but two other questions as well, which is having a bit more fun. Well, there you go. You've proved yourself you can do it now. You've broken the seal, so to speak. We'll speak soon. 12.45 is the time. This... 12.49 12.49 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. A few questions that still need answers. Why do we call a building a building? Where do fruit flies come from? Can, what's the deal with copywriting a voice? That, that, that couple, there's a fella been in touch um, who's worked at More Than, the insurance company, when that campaign with Morgan Freeman was launched. And he confirms it wasn't his voice, but he did need, but, but they did pay him. But I think that's got more to do with the fact that, that they could have used a voice that was desperately trying to sound like Morgan Freeman, but when they put more than Freeman in the advert, that changes it completely and makes him eligible for a payment. But could you use a, someone impersonating the Queen to sell sex toys on the radio? I don't know. I, I presume you can. But, but anyway, I need someone to answer the question. I'll stop burbling. Um, we've done the wishing wells. Where do fruit flies come from? The circle of trees uh, on, on hills linked to... Have we done that? Did anyone give us a correct answer on that? No, I told him to get lost, not him. No, we haven't. Had, no one's got back in touch on that, so we need that one. Um, and we've done the TB jab. We should be able to tick these ones off, hopefully. Bo's in stains. Bo, question or answer? Uh, it's actually an answer, James. And hello once again. Hello, Bo. What have you got for me? Uh, it's to the building question. Oh, yes. Yeah. It actually means that a building you know, just continues going on, because um, on a lot of the old-style buildings, <clears throat> you might see sort of like this building was erected in such and such a date. Yeah. That means that it was put up then, but because, like, you know, the work continues, that's why it's called a building. Say that again, mate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, where do you want me to start from? from start from the beginning. and I, It's me, this. It's me being slow. You're doing a cracking job. Don't, it's not, it's not, it's, I promise it's just me. I just need to get a handle on it. Start again. Okay, um, when a building's actually built, if it's quite an old one, it actually has a plaque on it stating that it was erected in such and such a date. Yeah. But it's still classed as a building because even though it might have a protection order on it or something, the building work still goes on from anything from fixtures on the inside to, you know, outside work and all that. Yeah, but my house is finished and I still call it a building. Uh, that's because even though it's technically finished, the building work will still continue on. So no building is ever complete? Uh, nah. That's your answer? Yep. Right, hang on. Before I start mocking you, I better ask what your qualifications are, Bo. Um, I'm an ex-builder, and also I've got another little interesting fact as well. Go on. The the actual term building originally comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word. You're looking stuff up now. You're not allowed to look stuff up. Uh, no, it's actually, believe it or not, when I actually first started in the building trade, <coughs> Come on. there was actually a little test what I actually done where sort of like you had to, you know, find some of the things. So, you know, when you show up at a job, someone wants to know that you know your stuff, basically. Okay. And I just happened to stumble across 
well, Go on. history of building. Well, what's the Anglo-Saxon word, then? Can you remember? <clears throat> uh, I can't actually off the top of my head. Oh, don't worry. But it's, but it's sort of like um, spelt differently, but then over the course of time it actually changed. Sounds legit. I don't know that you can get this as your answer. I mean, I, it's called a building because it's never finished. Yeah. Well, how, how do you know when you can go home? <laughs> well, as I say, there's always stuff going on. But there the isn't really. Re no, I mean, all right then. Is Buckingham Palace still being built? Um, well, with the refurbishments, what they've, oh, you know, right. sort of like oh, yeah. going on then. Yeah, yeah. but that's a refur- <laughs> No, it's not being built. So, I, no, I can't buy This is a philosophical problem for me. I can't buy the notion that no building is ever complete. Yeah, that's where the, um, <clears throat> the actual proper term for it, as I say, the only thing what it does start off before it actually becomes a building is once the actual main frame's actually completed, like, um, when they've got the main sort of structure and... Say, like, um, if you no, have... No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'd, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but I'm not having it. <laughs> I mean, it can't be the answer. Cause, yeah, uh, seriously, it's it can't be. Answer, but that's it. It can't be the answer. Yep. No. Right, uh, let's have a vote. Let's see how many people are listening to LBC where you are. Put your hand in the air if you think both should get a point. Mate, it's, it's no, no, there's no arms up here. <laughs> any up where you are? Can you see any arms in the air? Uh, well, I'm actually at a house at the moment, cleaning windows, and <laughs> I'm the only one here. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't put your hand in the air. Whatever you do, you'll fall off your ladder. <laughs> I'll give you half a round of applause out of charity, all right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, blimey. Jacob's quite, quite, quite stingy with the old halves. There's no way that's the right answer, he says. Whenever else in the past he said there's no way that's the right answer, he crashes and burns. Kilburn's is in Dulwich. Kilburn's, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Carry on. Uh, I've got your daily slice of pie, I'm afraid. <laughs> we'll um, see. <laughs> <laughs> the blue blood expression comes from uh, royalty back back then, uh, used to ingest silver, uh, both both as a as medicinal uh, purpose because it's, it's antibacterial and whatnot. Oh yes, and also as a, as a byproduct of of using silver uh, cutlery, um, and and too much silver in your system uh, leads to a condition which has a name which I've forgotten. Um, but um, one of the symptoms is that you get bluish um, skin. Okay. I, I mean, I admire your confidence. Uh, I like the little chuckle when you suggested that that, that I was going to have to eat some humble pie because of this notion that if you ingest silver and contract a condition the name of which you can't remember, then your skin goes blue. Yes, look it up. It's for real. Okay. Look what up, though? Sorry? Look what up? Look it up. L what, what, though? What's the condition answer. called? Uh, it's got... It's, it's got um, it starts with... A-R-G, as from uh, argent, which means silver. Silver in, in French. Go on, what, well, argent, argent, argentuenza? So it's like Ar Algeria. Ar 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 Algeria, Ar Ar maybe? Algeria? Yeah. Argeflu? Argeflu, maybe. Arge, no. Okay, well, if you're right, I'll, uh, I'll give you the money myself. Let, let, let. No, 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 that's withdrawn. That is one of the worst answers I think I've ever heard. But that's three times today. That's three times today I've had a crack at an answer. And, uh, 
left myself open to the possibility. I, the, the, the accepted explanation of why people are called blue-blooded is exactly what I said. I, I don't quite understand why anybody's put through to challenge me on that. It's a, it's a matter of historical fact. I think it's in Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. Chris is in Crouch End. Chris, what would you like to say? Question or answer? Well, um, it's an answer, actually. Carry on. If you are um, doing radio ads or TV ads, they have to be submitted and approved by an independent radio body run by you, by the radio and the TV stations. Yes. And they will not let you use a voiceover that sounds like anybody unless you have their permission. Even if you want to do order, order in the House of Lords, for example, which, or House of Commons we try to use, they said we needed permission of the House of Commons to use that phrase. So To use the um, phrase? Yes, yeah, to use the phrase. But you so could have used uh, any voice you wanted doing that phrase, even a John Burko yes. sound-alike. But if I uh, use some that sounds like anybody that's famous or living or dead, I'll either need their permission or their estate, unless they've got a parody voice. So the Queen, for example, is a bit of a parody, so you're creating a sort of almost cartoon voice. As for copywriting, copywriting is about works of art and creativity. No, I know, but we, we, we were clear on that. That's why we said yeah, that the, 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 the language wouldn't be correct, but it's, it's trademarking no. or somehow patenting or protecting. Yeah, trademark, yeah. It's protecting. So if... Yeah. if, if I mean, let me think of someone who's famous enough with, with a really recognisable voice, Joe Pasquale. If if yeah. you got if you want if you were flogging party tricks or something and you yeah. couldn't afford Joe Pasquale and you got in a Joe Pasquale sound alike, you'd he be would sue you. You'd be out of order. You would be because you were actually implying that he's endorsing the, the yes. ad or the product, and you'd and have to prove in court. And, and that's why they paid Morgan Freeman, even though he didn't do the voice himself. Yeah, they're paying him for his rights to use his name, his association with that brand. Qualifications. Uh, I run an advertising agency. <laughs> Do you think I could make any, any money out of doing voiceovers? Oh, absolutely. Really? I strongly recommend you can make a fortune out of voiceovers. So mm-hmm. get yourself a good voiceover agent very quickly. C- can you email you know, me some uh, recommendations? My kids need shoes. Um, more than happy to send you a couple of the top players in the market. Chris, I really would appreciate that because, you know, okay. I, I, I can see that opening up as a hopefully you would know. Uh, anyway, have, have a round of applause. Have several rounds of applause. Keep, keep rounds of applause. Fantastic. Great news. Just what I need to send me off on my holly bobs. Because Jacob Rees-Mogg might do a brilliant job. I might not have a job when I come back. Chris, thank you. Last word to... No, it's a... Oh, no, she's a nurse. Oh, Sheila Fogarty is... No, Debbie, can you just challenge my answer, the answer we received about TB in 14 seconds? I think so. It's about the position that the injection is given in. So most injections are given into your muscle so you don't get a scar. Uh, But the BCG is given under your skin. Uh, literally, just literally under your skin, and it creates a bubble. And so, why don't why do some people get bad scars and some people don't? Uh, because it's about how the lady was right about antibodies. It's about how much antibody. Oh, well, it's not. It's not. It's not a. Cha- it's people. not. No, it's not a challenge. Then, Debbie, honestly, and to think that I delayed the Sheila Fogarty moment because of your call, I shall delay it no longer. We'll be back tomorrow morning at ten. Here she is. <laughs>